0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Texas Hill Country Market Update brought to you by the Texas Hill Country Advisors, your local Texas Hill Country source for what's going on in the economy, the stock market, and the world of personal finance. We are your co-hosts, Andrew Gay and Gilbert Pies, local independent financial advisors right here in Kerrville, Texas. Uh, it is almost 9.30 a.m. here in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. We've got a few things to run over with you this morning as far as the markets are concerned, so let's jump right to it. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NEXT Financial Group, member of Fenerife, Texas Hill Country Advisors, is not an affiliate of NEXT Financial Group. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Andrew Gay, Gilbert Price, and Texas Hill Country Advisors, and not those of NEXT Financial Group. The S&P 500 is a market cap-weighted index, composed of common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively-created blue-chip stocks. All right. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing just fine on this Tuesday morning. It is the last day of the month. It's last day of February, and the U.S. stock markets closed in positive territory. All three major indexes yesterday, bouncing off the worst trading week of 2023 so far. So it looks like they took a little breather off of that. Now, most of that If you've been keeping up with the show, you know that we talk about the higher for longer narrative as far as what the Fed has in store with interest rate hikes. And that seems to be the continuing narrative that weighs that is weighing on these markets and caused our slide towards the end of the week last week, Uh, mainly in part due to the personal consumption expenditures, which is the second number two uh, metric for inflation that we get every month. And that came in a little hotter than expected, albeit it is down on a month over month but actually i think it jumped up month over month but it is it is down from the peak of last summer um, but still coming in hotter than expected caused the markets to react in a negative way and say hey do we really have this stuff priced in properly i don't think so and trying to make adjustments off of that For the remainder of this week, today and the remainder of this week, we got manufacturing data that was out the conference board's PMI or purchasing managers index. Manufacturing data came out this morning. Um, And I think we have another one of those metrics throughout uh, tomorrow as well. And then another one Thursday or Friday. And then we have some Federal Reserve speakers slated uh, before the weekend too. And I think there's a four or five of them, I think, speak Friday. Uh, That'll give us some insight into their collective thinking on their path forward around interest rates and whether or not they're in favor of doing any adjustments or going longer than expected as far as uh, their rate hike cycle and when they uh, would be expected to stop. And one of the biggest headlines this morning, I think this will probably continue to eat up some headline space over the next 24, 48 hours, is the student loan a debt forgiveness issue that comes before the Supreme Court this morning. I think the Biden administration has their hands full there. There's plenty of little quirks and tweaks and and things that can go into that. I don't think it's going to be an all for nothing, $400 billion package approval. Um, I don't think it's going to be a yes or no. I could be wrong there. I don't think they're just going to say, yes, we approve it or no. The whole thing's uh, a, a burn. I think that it might land somewhere in the middle. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute. And then don't forget earnings are still in the background. We had Target, which is a, you know, major retailer report this morning. I think they came out with better better than expected results and then we have some more publicly traded companies due out this this afternoon as the day goes on. And those will continue to play into the market narrative as well, as far as what the strength of the consumer is, where the money's being spent. Are there any earnings adjustments? uh, Do those companies have to adjust their revenue forecast over the next six to 12 months? So that's kind of the pulse on the markets and what we got going on there. And I guess let's go back to the student loan issue real quick. I wanted to uh, put Gilbert on the spot here. Do you have any thoughts about that specifically as far as, you know, because I think my personal opinion is I don't think it's going to be a pass or fail, all or nothing type of deal. I really think that they're just going to keep kicking the can around until they land somewhere in the middle. So what, what do you think about that?
1: My answer is no. No student loan forgiveness. <laughs> you think it's going to be a straight up hard no? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to determine what the Supreme Court's going to do. I, I think like every issue, there's a middle ground in there somewhere. Uh, do, do, do some student loan forgiveness deals need to take place uh, well, for those that were scammed, that were going to these non-for-profit colleges that closed down before they could get their degrees. Um, yeah, I mean, I think those people obviously need some form of ability to get out of oh, making payments that they didn't even get to finish their degree on. And, and so, like everything else, too, I think it, it's on a case-by-case basis. But but generally speaking, should there be, a, in my opinion, a wide-ranging... Uh, umbrella type scenario where everybody gets a certain amount of student loan forgiveness. No, I, I don't think that should be the case. Um, but th- there's always been this push and pull between the legislative branch and the executive branch on, especially executive orders. You know the the president would love the bike c- past Congress, and that that's true no matter who is in office, whether it's a Democrat or Republican all presidents would love to do away with congress because frequently congress gets in the way and and you're um the the executive branch is is answerable to a lot of things that congress does and and who wouldn't want to just get rid of uh the details and the uh, uh, negotiation that takes place between the legislative and executive branches Nobody would want that. It's easier to just say, well, I'm going to do this and there's all there is to it. Um, but but that's not the way our system is supposed to work. There's a system of checks and balances between the legislative, the executive and the judicial branch that they're all supposed to keep each other in check. And, and uh, ultimately, the American people, media, um, we are the check and balance ultimately on all of those other uh, on the government, whether it's it's. Local, state, federal, what have you. Um, so, so I don't think you know, presidents should should lead with executive orders, but you know that that's more of a broader issue. Uh, specifically, when it comes to student loans, no, we shouldn't be doing blanket student loan forgiveness. Um, you talk about not being fair and um, not being um, just. That 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 is not the right thing to do. I don't think. Um, but that's old Gilbert's opinion. Uh, I, I seriously doubt the Supreme Court's gonna call me and ask for my input on make, how they should make a regular uh, how how they should rule.
0: I don't know they might. <laughs> Jerome Powell calls you regularly. Well, he so.
1: does. he does. But I don't, just don't like to publicize that very much because you right. know he's always looking for help managing the economy and you know, um, I, I don't like to brag, but uh, yeah, I know I'm, I'm pretty sophisticated, <laughs>
0: not that you are. You are. <laughs> um, I think you're fairly wise.
1: Boy, so. <laughs> well, I don't know about all that, but uh,
0: uh, let's let's jump over here real quick and take a look at what is slated on the economic agenda for today and the rest of the week. We got all kinds of data due out. None of it takes a too much of a prominent seat over any of the others it's i mean it's fairly routine weekly and monthly uh, economic data that we get out um, of course we'll get the uh, initial jobless claims that we do every week on thursday we do have our first fed speaker on thursday and then we got four more as the count for friday along with the two that are highlighted in red right here is the non-manufacturing pmi purchasing managers index for february that's due out 9 a.m friday morning and then we have the ISM Manufacturing PMI, Purchasing Managers Index, due out uh, tomorrow at 9 a.m. So that'll kind of take the front seat on the economic agenda for the rest of this week. But the biggie there is that next Friday, we'll have to wait an entire almost week and a half before we get the unemployment rate and the payroll number for February. Now, if you remember, for January we had a very high unexpected payroll number. So that represents the number of payrolls or jobs that were added for the month. And in January, it came in over half a million. So it came in over 500,000 and the high end of the expectation was somewhere around 300,000. So we'll see how February measures up to that. And of course, the Fed would like to see that number start to tick down. And it's done the exact opposite of that here recently. And the unemployment rate, on the other hand, we'd like to see and the Fed would like to see tick up as far as their impact from higher interest rates. It seems to not really be affecting that part of the economy just yet, whether it's a monetary policy lag, which is a fancy word. That just means it's going to take longer than previously expected uh, for those higher interest rates to really make the full impact there in that pocket of the economy. or whether it's whether it signals that the Fed is going to have to do more than previously anticipated. And maybe, you know, if the if there's not that much of a monetary policy lag, then that just means they're going to have to continue to hike, hike rates, maybe even through, you know, not just the first half of this year, but maybe even longer. So we'll just we'll have to see how that how that uh, narrative continues to evolve. Here's a prediction. If that uh,
1: unemployment rate and those job numbers are really strong at the beginning of March, look for the Fed to raise. Go back to raising interest rates by 50 basis points. But if that number is weak or lower than what they expect, then I think the Fed stays on their 25 basis point um, uh, rate hike cycle because they're going to come back and say, well, look, see, it just took a little bit more time for the unemployment rate to start responding to that. But if if that number comes in hot, because they, they, that number does come out before the rate decision in
0: twenty second, the twenty yeah.
1: second of March. So, you know, uh,
0: pl- plus uh, headline CPI comes out before the rate decision. Also, if I'm not mistaken, it does on yes. the fourteenth. It comes out on the fourteenth, and we get the meeting and decision on the twenty second. So,
1: so if uh, the, the unemployment rate, the jobs numbers, and CPI are are hot, hotter than expected, the Feds are going to go back to fifty basis points. But, you know, it's it's uh, hard to know. I, I hope that those things just cool off a little bit and the feds can stick to their 25 basis point uh, rate rate cycle increase, um, because that's what they've gone to. And I'm just afraid that if they go back to 50, that's really going to send the market in a bit of a, oh, no, things are going out of control (laughs) type of scenario. And and we might see some more volatility, increased volatility, because keep in mind, not only is the stock market losing a little bit of steam over the past couple of weeks, but We've also seen the bond market also get whacked a little bit. January was amazing for bonds. Uh, we were seeing yields go down dramatically, but over the past couple of weeks, we've seen yields jump back dramatically quite a bit. In fact, the 10-year treasuries, um, well, it was headed to 4%, but it, it's uh, stopped short of that, but it's, it's still pretty close to, it's 395
0: sure is yeah Yeah, 395
1: yep on the 10 year and you know a few weeks ago it was headed to three
0: Um, right it is reverse course and trying to head back towards four and it's been flirting with it just hasn't broke out yet one one of the things uh to gilbert's point of what we're talking about here you can see these numbers floating along on the screen what we're looking at here Without digging into this too much, is this bottom number here? So what we're what this signals is what the market has priced in as far as the expectation for the next Fed rate hikes at their the next meeting. So this one represents March. This is May, June, July, so forth. Okay. So what we're looking for here is when they're gonna stop. When this when this number down here looks at it's that it's it, the market is signaling like, hey, by this month it's not going to go any higher than this. And it looks like they have the market has the Fed raising interest rates all the way through, at least through the first half of the year, at least through June, possibly even through July um, to push it up uh, almost above or above possibly five and a half percent, which is which is really high. You know, this is the highest federal funds rate that we've dealt with um, since the 80s, I believe. You know, and if you remember, they started hiking rates in 2015. They got all the way through 2018 and then paused and then in the first part of 2019 they cut one time by 25 basis points if my memory serves me correctly and then COVID hit later that year and then they cut them to zero um, in the first part of 2020 so this is it's going to take a little while for this to bleed in uh, to all the areas of the economy um and the feds just going to have to keep watch on that and make sure that they don't do too much too fast which I think is a very bold prediction of you to say that they might go back to 50 basis points, mm. because even I don't think that they would. But even between the two of us, if if it's not if it's not a decision that they do go back to do half a percent increases, they still are probably going to talk about it. We had two Fed mem- members the week before last talk about throwing the 50 basis point or half a percent rate hike back on the table, and neither one of them were voting members of the current Fed FOMC, but you know the the conversations are out there and of course it is a collective there's um you know I think it's nine member nine or 12 members however many there are that vote on it and there will be discussion about that I do agree with that I think that definitely will come back into light and to focus if that's the case if those job numbers are way hotter than expected and uh last but not least let's look over here on the right hand side you can see what the markets are doing this morning the Dow and S&P are slightly negative with the Nasdaq having just slightly one-tenth of a percent uh, gain on the day so far. so And then also, to your point, Gilbert, here's the 10-year Treasury. So we're still floating around just shy of 4%. It has not quite reached back to 4% yet after having broken out above 4% at the end of last year. Uh, So we will see if any of the economic data we get this week or the Fed speakers changes any of that.
1: It's all about jobs, 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 and um, inflation for march it comes out in march but it's all about uh, february's number and so we're, we're gonna have to wait to see what that um what those numbers are and i think that'll determine what the feds do uh, on the 22nd when it comes to their rate announcement
0: all right guys that'll do it for us today i hope you have a wonderful last day of the month of beautiful february here the weather's been actually pretty nice here for us in the texas hill country We hope uh, the same for you. Well wishes. Don't forget, interact with us, share our content, helps other people find our show. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube most weekdays that the stock market is open and all places podcasts are possible, including Spotify. Thank you guys so much and we will see you back here tomorrow morning.